This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. This is what we call a three technique. This is what we call a three technique. On the ride with Royster. I'm sure you guys are going to want to ask me questions about what was reported yesterday. And as I've said from the very beginning, I cannot comment. This is an ongoing investigation. We are working through the process. And so uh, if you guys got questions about basketball, I'm happy to talk about them. <laughs> There's Honest Bruce Pearl, the yep. uh, former tennis, Tennessee coach. And uh, the word is out that he has refused to talk to Auburn. Uh-oh. The, uh, Auburn hired a law firm to do an independent investigation, and allegedly he won't talk to the investigators from the school, which is, so pro- trouble. <laughs> which is probably going to get him uh, fired. Auburn hired a law firm to perform an internal review uh, in the immediate aftermath of assistant coach Chuck Person's arrest. Well, yesterday, Chuck got uh, indicted on uh, those charges. ESPN reported on Wednesday that Pearl has refused to talk to attorneys conducting the attorney, the university's investigation. That's pretty well a firing offense, isn't it? I would if you think so, yeah. If it won't talk to your own university's uh, investigation. But you see, Bruce... And I like Bruce because he's a mouthy guy and says a lot of things. But you see Bruce and say, he's cheating. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> Guilty. That's right. He's, he's, he's the greatest. But here's what made him famous in coaching, you know, before he ever became the Tennessee coach or anything else. During the 1988-89 baseball season, Pearl was an assistant coach in Iowa, and he was at the center of a recruiting staff. Scandal involving Illinois. Both Illinois and Iowa were recruiting Deion Thomas, who was fan best player in the country, the Chicago kid. Pearl lost this recruiting ba- battle when Thomas committed to Illinois. Thereafter, Pearl called a high school student and recorded a phone conversation with Thomas, which may have been illegal depending on where Pearl originated the call, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Pearl was, uh, anyway... Uh, during the conversation, Pearl asked Thomas if he had been offered an SUV in cash by Illinois assistant Jimmy Collins. And Thomas seemed to indicate that he had. Pearl then turned over copies of the tapes to the NCAA. So that, that was that was at Iowa? He was at Iowa, Illinois. Was Lute, then, was Lute there then? Or was Lute uh, gone by Lute then? I think Lute was gone. George was probably there. George okay. Rabelin was there. Okay. But he turned him. He had the guts to rat out somebody else for uh, bending the rules. And of course, <laughs> Illinois with Lou the Dew was was cheating like crazy. They had all the Chicago kids coming. Sure, down. Oh, yeah, they were, yeah. You know, they had all the great Chicago kids coming. Well, the kid that got killed, uh, that got shot on the street, that was going to go. Oh to, yes, uh, there oh, was a yeah. go to Indiana. 
I know you're talking about uh, the name escapes me, though. He was 30 for 30. Yeah. Great, great player. He was going to go to Indiana, and remember Bobby went nuts that Illinois was coming in trying to buy him, uh, that kid. Because uh, that was what, early 80s? I don't know when it was. Something Mid-80s, like that. the kid that got, what was his kid, the kid's name, great player, and he was going to go to Indiana. And uh, somehow Bobby got Isaiah out of Chicago, too, right? Or he was Chicago, right? Yeah, Isaiah, Isaiah was, was Chicago, the greatest I believe, yeah. player, and uh, somehow Bobby got him. And uh, on the up and up, that was a wonderful relationship, Bobby and Isaiah, because, you know, Bobby beat verbally abused every player he ever had, except Isaiah Thomas, because he knew this kid was special. Isaiah didn't have to take his crap, and Isaiah won him a national title right. and then left after his sophomore year. But he was the one guy that Bobby could not break, because Isaiah was too damn good. Yeah. <laughs> and he won that national championship all by himself, I yeah. might add. I was there. I th- 81, Philadelphia, right? Wasn't that? Or was it 87? No, I think it was the it was... second one. No, it was the first one, wasn't it? Right? No, well, because Isaiah got into the league in 80. Was it 81 or 82? Yeah, it was the one in 81 in so, Philadelphia. Yeah. The night Reagan got shot. Okay. Uh, we had to wait to see if we were going to play because the 86 team was the Keith Smart. Oh yeah, you're right. Smart thing. That was everybody should have to play. Everybody should have to play each other every year in their league, and then they would. It, that's a lot different animal uh, in recruiting and everything else than to play when you you get to skip a couple teams every year. And uh, that's just my perspective. I've been in both. I've been in I've been in leagues on both sides, and then I've been where we played round robins, and the round robin is definitely harder. Uh, that's Gary Patterson, Jerry Kill's buddy, right? He oh, yeah. He and the killer were big friends uh, somewhere around the line. Jerry stayed at his house when they went down there and yeah. got edged by TCU. Yeah, got beat by TCU. It is one of the most amazing coaching jobs in this country. TCU stunk, okay? Mm-hmm. They were mm-hmm. traditionally rotten. They Somehow they talked their way into the Big 12. When the Big 12 merged, they, they kept TCU, I guess, because they wanted Fort Worth as part of the market. And... He's twenty-two and eight over his past thirty Big Twelve games. Wow! Uh, they got you know they had the the uh, bad loss uh, a couple weeks ago, but uh, they were in contention to get in the playoff again. And uh, he's the the only school in the conference with a better record in that time is Oklahoma, twenty-five and five. But uh, he was asked. Uh, ESPN that is a nice story on him. Uh, Chris Lowe wrote it. And he was asked uh, why he hadn't left. Like Tennessee talked to him. And he said that, uh, you know, Tennessee interviewed him. He said he went and had the interview with Tennessee, but he knew they were going to hire Lane Kiffin. Okay. 2009, right? And then he's had a couple other jobs (laughs) like that. But uh, the quote. So uh, you're telling me my Vols could have had Gary had Patterson Gary instead Patterson. of Lane, who bailed after Tennessee one year. didn't think I could handle the big stage. Patterson said, "My wife oh. and I went to dinner with them, and I could tell they had already decided on Kiffin. It was the same with Nebraska. I interviewed, and I can tell they already had decided on Polini. I think a lot of these ads now are more interested in hiring guys." who are going to win the podium than they are in hiring football coaches. And there's a lot more to it than that if you're going to win championships. That's why I included this in the three technique. (laughs) And that's, quote, 
will probably be quoted in print here eventually. Oh, yeah, what I a great quote. I'm but, keeping this right but now. Why, but why would he want to leave? That is a good. That has well, become a good now, job. They're, yeah. But they're kind of talking about why didn't why he? Why didn't he in the past? Yeah, yeah sure. Um, by the way, uh, Benji Wilson, uh, I was Benji told, it was the player yeah, you were right, thinking Benji, of earlier. Yeah, yes. Benji Wilson, great player. And uh, he got shot in the street in Chicago. And the Spartans of USC Upstate at home on Monday night, the first round of the A-Sun Championship, taking on the Owls of Kennesaw State. A 4-5 matchup. We thought, Trevor Bridges, it would be as good as advertised. In many cases, it doesn't work that way. This was a great one tonight. 80-78, Kennesaw State wins it and uh, had a shot there late, just didn't go for Upstate. Well, it was a heartbreaker for the uh, <laughs> South Carolina Upstate uh, Spartans, who will be here on Friday night. Friday night, right? Friday night to open the Gopher basketball season at Williams Arena. I got to tell you, I didn't know a lot about South Carolina Upstate, so I thought uh, as part of our Do some uh, research. service, we would. It's located in Spartanburg, and it used to be uh, USC Spartanburg, but they switched to Upstate because they wanted to, I guess, represent the whole area. All right, well, and they are in the Atlantic Sun Conference, and the Atlantic Sun Conference, uh, you know what? I might have a chance to see Upstate again this year if I'm down in uh, Fort Myers because they're in the same league. They're in the Atlantic Sun, and it's a nine-team league down there in the south. But here's uh, something you should know about uh, USC Upstate if you're going to the game on Friday night. Their coach, Eddie Payne, who had been there for a number of years, uh, retired in October 3rd, on October 3rd, citing health problems. He had his second ankle replacement surgery over the summer. Wow. He couldn't walk. No. So he said, to hell with it. And then they hired a coach named Kyle Perry as their interim. And uh, this is his ninth year. And uh, Kyle Perry was an assistant. And the headline here said, Upstate Upstate begins Kyle Perry era this weekend against Minnesota. Do you get a, can it be an era when you're an interim coach? Of course. Yeah, you can can have an era. era. So we should go back and remember the uh, Jim Molinari year with the, the Gophers, Jim right? Era. That was an Hort- era. What was Horton's first? Jeff Horton era. Yes. Yeah, the, the 2010 Horton. when Brew got fired. Yeah, Jeff Horton won more games that year than Brew did. I think he beat <laughs> Iowa. Did he, he beat Iowa? Three. He beat Iowa. Yeah. Yes, he was two and three. And he just brought in Bobby Crimmins' nephew, John Crimmins, as an assistant to replace him when he became the head coach. And Bobby Crimmins was coaching at, uh, I mean, John Kremens was coaching at Spartanburg Methodist College, so he left them hanging. He left like a few days before the season, and poor Spartanburg Methodist had to go find a new coach. But uh, Upstate last year, uh, I looked at their minutes. They ended up playing in the the insider... The College Insider, which is the last oh, the, the one. the CIT. CIT. They got beaten yeah. the first round by Furman. Uh, but they have uh, five of their uh, eight guys who played a lot last year. They're all conference players graduated. But, uh, you know, don't sneeze on these uh, Spartans. This no, they'll come game. in here and bite you. They, they will, the Spartans. Uh, <laughs> I would say the guy to look out for is Mike Cunningham, a plucky little junior guard from uh, Washington, D.C. Then they got Malik Moore. 
uh, Ramil Tompkins, Dion Holmes, and Jury Span. Those are the five guys to watch out for tomorrow as you pack Williams Arena to see SC Upstate. Talking purple right now on the ride with Royce. Kevin Seifert from ESPN. It's Kevin Seifert. Here with Kevin Seifert. We have ESPN's Kevin Seifert. It's ESPN.com's NFL Nation reporter Kevin Seifert, presented by Mystic Lake. Kevin, we finally have a decision on Zeke. This is the last one. This will take care of the problem, right? Are you sure about that? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, no, about. I. Uh, the uh, the prevailing wisdom at this moment, and I know I said the exact same thing last week, is that this one will stick and that he definitely um, isn't going to be playing Sunday uh, at the Falcons, uh, partially because if he, even if he tried some emergency injunction appeal of the appeal of the appeal, tomorrow's Veterans Day and they are observed and the okay. federal government is closed. And so there, <laughs> there is a uh, strong feeling that he will have a hard time uh, getting the court system to respond to him between now and Sunday, even if he did um, try that. So for now, it looks as if uh, uh, he will be suspended and uh, we'll see if the Cowboys can, uh, can stay afloat uh, without him. And it, where where do you go now? Where we're getting to the point where the only place to go is the Supreme Court. They're going to laugh at you. They're not going to take a case. Where are you going to go now? Yeah, and and beyond that, uh, if you're, I mean, unless you've already you've basically lost all the chances at injunction, so maybe he could continue pursuing the case and ultimately be declared uh, uh, to have had the suspension removed. But by then, he would have served the time. You can't get yeah. the games back, and so. There'll be a point of no return. Even Tom Brady reached that at some point, and I don't know if, if this is where it is for Ezekiel Elliott yet. Uh, he feels very strongly, and uh, as much as Tom Brady did not want uh, deflating balls connected to his uh, yeah, this is uh, legacy, <laughs> uh, Ezekiel Elliott certainly doesn't want domestic violence connected to it if he is, in fact, innocent. And so uh, we'll see where it goes, but ultimately you get to a point where you can't get the games back, uh, even if you do eventually win. Jerry, meanwhile, is going crazy, apparently. Yeah. Uh, Jerry has gone off the deep end. Uh, they, their profits might go down a dollar and fifty cents and Jerry's uh, and then his team's chance to uh, proceed in the playoffs might uh, go down the tube. But man, he's going nuts. Yeah, and it didn't go nuts when uh, the Patriots were getting uh, the Deflategate thing thrown at them, or the, and the, and he didn't seem to go nuts when the Saints had uh, their Bountygate yeah, right. thing that nobody thought was fair. Um, so it, it is coinciding with the fact that he's now the team that's getting the quote-unquote unfair treatment from the NFL. Uh, it sounds like it's two parts for Jerry. One is that he very much uh, is, is angry at the NFL and Roger Goodell for the Ezekiel Elliott suspension, obviously, but he also seems to have uh, come to the conclusion somewhat independently that this accumulation of, uh, of controversies that the NFL jumps from, um, you know, and then suddenly landed in the, in the one that really seems to have hurt them on the, uh, the anthem issue uh, has been mismanaged by Goodell and the people that work for him in New York. And so whether that's true or not, that seems to be what Jerry Jones has concluded. And so you, you end up saying, okay, how many times has Jerry Jones really put his uh, mind and heart to something in the NFL and not gotten his way? And so uh, while it appears as though most, <laughs> most owners are not ready to make a commissioner change, uh, if Jerry is, we will see to what extent he's willing to exert his energy 
get that done. Uh, uh, Joe Lockhart, of course, uh, was the uh, Clinton's press secretary for a couple of years and actually yeah. ans- answered questions. Uh, I wonder how comfortable the NFL is with him actually answering questions, including today saying they were aware of Jerry Jones, Jones' lawsuit or yeah. threat threat of a lawsuit, which is not NFL like at all. No, and then that you know, and some of the reporting from Don Van Natta and Seth Wickersham from ESPN has suggested that there's definitely some owners who have been thrown by the. And I wouldn't say that Joe Lockhart is cutting open a vein no. and like revealing all the deep dark secrets, but the fact that he's interacting regularly with reporters and trying at least to get ahead or at least tread water on stories rather than just take blows, body blows left and right on a daily basis and try to stay above the fray. You know, that's different for the NFL. It's certainly appreciated by the media, and I think ultimately probably, even if it's indirectly, leads to some better coverage for the league than if they were just shutting it down like they normally did. Uh, it's certainly not the way that, that private businesses work, and, and these guys all think of themselves as 32 private businesses, except when they're asking for state money for a stadium. But um, that uh, that's an interesting part of it. I don't think that Joe Lockhart is anywhere close to one of the top 20 issues at the NFL. No, no, right now. no, I, I realize but that. But but it is... No, 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 but you're right. There's definitely some owners who have been thrown by uh, by what? his... His, his willingness to actually speak publicly. What? Somebody asked a question and we answered it? What the yeah, hell? What is going on here? That's not supposed to happen until the quarterly meeting. Yeah, we'll do that at the quarterly meeting. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right, explain this to me. I'm old and grumpy and I can't uh-huh. figure stuff out. What is the Teddy Bridgewater love? Now, I know now it's that he's coming back from this devastating injury and you got to root for him. But even before that, there's there's this feeling that they saw greatness or i mean i i don't understand it but i guess that's just me because everybody else well it was the injury happened right when he was on the cusp of when the the traditional story arc was about to explode you know he he had jumped into his first year and he had done better than people probably thought a rookie quarterback would do and in the second year he was a starter from the very beginning and he was uh, up and down you know and 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 but the real knock on him was that he was a Kind of like Bradford last year. He was a check down guy. He was not aggressive downfield. He wasn't making enough big plays. You can't win like that. Uh, he was, you know, protected the ball, didn't commit a lot of turnovers for the most part, but was not the dynamic downfield passer that you need to win a Super Bowl. And so the whole offseason after a second year is got to get him throwing downfield, more confident, learn the offense, get him stronger, the whole thing. And to the extent that you can tell uh, those things in the preseason and in the training camp, he had seemed to have made that step, and he had. There had been a, you know, more than a few downfield passes in the preseason. He had appeared very confident in the story arc that we like to create, whether yes. it's realistic or not. Was that he was ready to explode? This was mm-hmm. that third year was going to be the year that Teddy Bridgewater took that huge step, and it would be right in the timing. Remember, he was drafted young. I think he was, you know, he was a young twenty-one when he was drafted, and he's still basically Carson Wentz's age. So there's still a lot more uh, time for him to develop. But that was sort of the, he was right on the cusp there of when the natural story arc was about to make him into one of the NFL's best quarterbacks. And so he had, you know, whether that can all carry through the rehab and all that and how the knee is going to hold notwithstanding, that's kind of where we left off the story. And so I think that's feeding a little bit of the excitement is that everybody was right there on the cusp of their seat waiting for him to emerge into greatness. And 
Uh, fortunately for him in the story arc, he never had a chance to show whether that was going to be accurate or not. Yes, yeah. You're, he, you're saying the storyline that we wanted to create, whether it would turn out that way or yeah, not. Yeah, and it's was very possible this, had he not gotten hurt that he would, yes. he would have just proved to be the same guy he was the year before. Yes. Yeah, but it is amazing, and he's a, he comes off as a you know a charming, boring kid and uh, doesn't create any controversy, and he's got the good smile, and Mike Zimmer yeah. loves him and yeah. all that good stuff. But it is, it is, it's like, it's like the fans saw something that wasn't there to be seen yet. But they, or, uh, yeah, we're hoping, and, and they hadn't seen anything to dissuade them from their hope. I yes. mean, this, as you know, this has been a generation. Uh, plus that hasn't yet seen a long-term kind of 10-year starting quarterback um, that was drafted and developed by this team. And so uh, when they finally drafted one and he was starting to give, he hadn't yet given you reason to think he couldn't be that guy, um, your only choice is to be optimistic. I think Case would be better off if the Vikings lose Sunday and they play me and he plays mediocre and they can start Teddy uh, when they get back to the uh, the uh, d- the dome because the first in- incompletion he throws against the Rams, okay, they'll be chanting Teddy, Teddy, Teddy. Oh yeah, they have it happen. Yeah, and that I mean, it's it's interesting. Should that happen, and I don't know if it will, obviously, no. but he will have cultivated himself a pretty nice niche uh, as free agency uh, approaches next year as being a, more than just your basic backup quarterback, but a guy who can come in and play half a season and not only just keep you above water, but get you to the record that, you know, the top end record that your roster could probably have achieved anyway. And so, uh, you know, maybe he'll continue playing that way and then he'll, he'll potentially get a starting job next year with somebody or maybe the Vikings. But if not, and they eventually do the do the transition to Teddy. You know, it, it'll be understood. Teddy was the guy, and always was going to be the guy. At least they were going to try to get him back in there. But in the meantime, he did much, much more than most backup quarterbacks can be expected. Okay, so uh, it's kind of uh, odd to look across the uh, border here. And, uh, you know, Rodgers gets hurt, and you know things are going to take a downturn, but it's sort of exploding on everybody out over there. First of all, the uh, We Want Hoyer story came out that yeah. uh, McCarthy has to deny because of his comments about Kaepernick. And yeah. now Martellus Bennett, that's, I, I don't even know what's going on there, but he's already a New England Patriot. Yeah, that worked out well. It's interesting. Uh, you know, the, the Packers almost have sort of the Patriots mystique that it doesn't matter. You know, they, whoever they bring in, you know, they're such a – especially at the quarterback spot, that they're such a quarterback factory that whoever they bring in, they'll be able to, to, to get to, to play well enough for them to win, whether it was Matt Flynn a few years ago or, or whatever, um, you know, or Aaron Rodgers even replacing Brett Favre. And the truth is that it's as much – to the extent that there was excitement about Brent Hunt, Brett Hundley – uh, and being a guy, maybe they could trade for a second-round pick after this year or during this year. He's proved to to be very much a backup fifth-round uh, draft pick type of guy that he is. And so that's where I mean, this is a, a team built more around the quarterback than maybe any team in the NFL. And uh, the, the drop-off is always going to be big, but the drop-off has been from elite to not even really competitive. And that's been a, the, the, to the extent that there's been a surprise with what's happened with the Packers. That's what it is. Rams a bigger surprise for you than the uh, Eagles? Yes, yes. I mean, it, it, to see the to see what the, the the Rams, how bad the Rams were for so many years. Yeah. Um, on offense, and not just like you know, not just just non-functioning. They've already. 
halfway through this year, they've already exceeded their point total from the entire last season. And so it's just, I mean, it's been like to go from the worst offense by far in the league to a team that scored 50 points already in two different games is just unfathomable. And uh, they did make a few personnel additions that have been key, especially at left tackle. They got that cleaned up with, 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 with signing him from Cincinnati. But the quarterback was beyond terrible last year. I mean, he was like – Oh, he was awful. Like, it was like the, the numbers suggest – like you had to go way back to find and, – and really there weren't many instances of a guy who played as badly as he played last year ever working out to be a good – long-term starting quarterback so that all those things combined and then the the youth and the and the and certainly not knowing much about Sean McVay as, as a head coach uh, didn't lead anybody to think this was going to be a team that would compete this year Eagles um, a lot uh, I think a lot of people thought Carson Wentz was going to make a jump and he has hey uh, Kevin in a lot of ways it's a repeat of the greatest show on turf they were terrible uh, you know I think they were four and twelve and then the next year they're great with Kurt Warner. They Kurt went, Warner, yeah, yeah. Vermeil. Yeah. I mean, they went from awful to to uh, outstanding. Now who knows what the finish is going to be on this story? But but it, it's very similar to that because they were terrible yeah, they, the year before. It's one thing to come up and um, from behind and, and and sneak up on people, but they they won't be a secret anymore. And so we'll see where, what whether defenses. Uh, now they have a few weeks to get an idea of what Sean McVay is trying to do. We'll see if defenses catch up. They often do. Uh, especially as the season wears on, but uh, if they keep it up and they—they—that's a ten or eleven win team. That's one of the greatest turnarounds in history. Uh, thank you, sir, and we'll talk to you next week, Kevin. Sounds good, Patrick. All right, the great uh, Kevin uh, Seifert. Uh, actually, we won't talk to him next week. Uh, somebody else will be in here Thursday because I'm on the way to Wyomania. And by the way, already bowl eligible. Really? The Cowboys. Wow. Already bowl eligible. It's all gravy after this. So the it's celebration will be that much more enhanced. Yes. Well, uh, you know, <laughs> we can win the next two. We're fighting for a title. Then, Holy so. cow. All right. The Ride with Royce. Come on, join me in this fight against crap. <laughs> join me in the fight against crap. That's right. On 1500 ESPN. They probably won't let us put that on a t-shirt at the fair. I don't think they'll. Join oh, yeah. the fight against crap. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not, you know, one for you or this show or this time no. slot to get involved in the State Fair t-shirt no, controversy. No, we've never done that. Here is uh, here is Johnny Height with a quick sports update, so you can do a quick traffic update. Legs Patrick update sponsored by Count Temps. Uh, Tis the season for year-end projects and increased workloads. Account Temps has perfectly matched candidates that make closing out the year a breeze. Visit accountemps.com to learn more. Account Temps, a Robert Half company. Teddy Bridgewater talked with uh, reporters today, very positive, and he said, uh, it wasn't just about me, it was about other people that helped me. Getting back out there, this is not only about me, it's about the people who counted me in. Uh, the best statement of the day, uh, funniest anyway, came from Mike Zimmer, his coach on Teddy. He said, everyone likes to be around him. He's positive. He's like the anti-me. <laughs> that was a good quote. <laughs> that is a good quote. <laughs> uh, Chris Carter, uh, clearly not a fan of Sam Bradford. He's, of course, a co-host of a show on Fox Sports and 1. Hot take show, yeah. Yeah. He said, uh, quote, uh, Sam Bradford, I said he had legs like olive oil, 
Well, olive oil called me, and she's mad because her legs got more muscle tone than Sam Bradford's. Mm -hmm. Okay. Has he seen Teddy's thin little sticks? Uh, yeah. So Chris Carter said that, huh? Chris mm -hmm. Carter said that. I'll have to ask uh, the superstar, Mike Morris, what he thinks about Chris <laughs> Carter's comments uh, <laughs> tomorrow afternoon. On He's the not a big football fan. Football Fun Fest. Oh, no. Yeah. He's well, voiced his Chris displeasure yes. as former yeah. teammates. Yeah. Well, I think the world kind of revolved around Chris, but uh, you know what? I got along with him, which maybe says something about me. <laughs> <laughs> and about him. <laughs> and he was a hell of a receiver. Well, I once wrote a column at the end of a year about how he and John, they were having a disappointing year, but how great he and John Randall were, and he liked that. Oh, oh nice. Was this the uh, 122 catch season? No, they were good that year. No, yeah, I can't remember. Had a it was couple a disappointing had, year. And had something. a couple hundred twenty catch seasons. In yes, a row. and then he didn't get the one, and he was still pouting because Warren <laughs> didn't throw enough passes to him in the second half when his record got beat. Wild in Montreal tonight, where they will play the Canadiens. Uh, O.J. Simpson, uh, well, booted from the Cosmopolitan Hotel in Las no! Vegas last night. Apparently, he got drunk and oh, then no. became unruly. Oh, no. O.J. has been wrong with you, OJ. OJ. You're Is free. He's yeah. been frequenting the bars at the hotel, the Cosmopolitan, since his release from prison. I uh, thought he was going back to Florida to see the kids. What happened? TMZ reporting uh, that Simpson was drunk, became disruptive at the Click Bar in the hotel. Simpson angry at hotel staff, and some glasses ended up being broke at the bar. Security yeah. showed up and removed Simpson from the hotel. Uh, TMZ reporting he was nice to the responding security guards. Uh, however, apparently he's been permanently banned. From what is the Cosmopolitan Hotel. What is you know, wrong with he, him? What he's got to realize is there's some people out there who think he did a bad thing and they're, they're out to get him. So. Yeah. Yeah, you might want to just relax a yeah, little. Right. Charles, take, that's take something they can whiskey, never take away from uh, you. You know, whiskey, whiskey, uh, whiskey, uh, whiskey can do strange things to yes, people. It uh, yes, know, it can. Yes, it can. It does. You give fire hot tweets. I was one of the few guys that could drink heavily and just stay a bubbly person. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure you could. I, uh, I still wish I could invent that time machine. Uh, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I was not easy to carry. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. One more, John. Oh, yeah, we can't end on that. I know. Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel, yep. Uh, today, uh, his uh, emergency injunction request by the Players Association denied. So, once again, his six game suspension is back on. Currently ineligible to play Sunday against Vern the Atlanta Falcons. Vern Gagne didn't retire and come back this often. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. And here is uh, somebody else to give us the traffic. <laughs> Hey, yo, traffic, traffic. We're going to traffic report. Time for traffic and weather together on the Thank ride you. with Roycey. This traffic is sponsored by LinkedIn. It is busy out there. Some drive times longer than you want and uh, new crashes, too. New crash on the merge. Oh, I thought that was Harrigan doing the traffic at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Dave likes to help me out. Sitting shotgun on the ride with Roycey. Sports writer for hire. Because <laughs> I'm not cheap, but I'm good. Right. <laughs> on 1500 ESPN. That was the best scene in the great Johnny Cash. Oh, movie my God. Yes. He, uh, came out with that water, man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was a hell of a movie. Uh, all right. Uh, yes, it's the Thursday plus four prediction contest. Uh, once again, it kind of slipped my mind, so we didn't have time to recruit a part <laughs> another outside participant. But that will not stop. 
and this is the second half. We're off the bye week, right? Yes, yes, back we are. From the bye week. Yep. So, uh, and uh, I got the games here, you guys. These are all going to surprise you. Of course, the first one won't. Seattle tonight on the road is a six-point favorite, Woo! even though they have the uh, task of stopping Adrian Peterson now that Carson Palmer's not there. They gave him 37 carries last week. Seattle by six over Arizona. What do you think, Manny? I think the Seahawks will cover. I think they'll really? win by seven. Oh, yes. oof, so I'll take okay. Seattle. That is a big number for a road this, team. This is it for Arizona, by the way. Yeah. This is the end of the season if they lose. You know what? I'm going to take the Cardinals to cover the points. I don't think they're going to win the game because I know Earl Thomas is not playing for the oh. Seahawks this evening, so I'll take the Cardinals to cover. I'm going to take Arizona to win the damn game. Wow. That's a piping hot right. sports take. Uh, Bruce Arians to keep his job. <laughs> All right. Uh, the Chicago Bears, six-point favorites at home versus the discombobulated dying no, no Belago, no Bennett no Rodgers, Green Bay Packers. Uh, who do you like, Manny? The Bears given. Did you ever think you'd see the Bears give anybody six? <laughs> the Packers, let alone. Um, I've been picking the Packers the last two weeks because I thought Brett they got Hundley some would, fight left. Well, yeah. I thought Brett Hundley would play better than what he has been, and so, but I'm not going to fall for that trap this time. I'm going to take the Bears uh, to win. A, Fairly handily at home. Yeah, I'm with Manny. After after what I had to watch on Monday Night Football, I can't I can't take the Packers seriously anymore. So the Bears easily cover uh, you know this what, game. You know what the Packers' big problem is in addition to injuries? Their daubers are down. Yeah. They do not look like Plus, they give you know what down. else? The Bears aren't bad. The Bears aren't as bad they're, as we thought they were going to be this year. Okay. They aren't good. They're not they're, good, but they're I'll, not. I'll, I'll give the points to them. I'll give the points too. Right. I think it could be like uh, ten 20. to three. No, I think it could be twenty-four to two or something. I don't. <laughs> the Green Bay is terrible. Uh, okay, this is a good game. New Orleans, red hot, won six in a row or seven? Six in a row. Six in a row. Six yes. in a row. Yes, they were zero two. Six in yep. a row yep. at Buffalo. Oof. Uh, and the Saints are a three-point favorite on the road against Matthew Collar's feisty Bills. I'm going to go with New Orleans because I don't like the way Buffalo looked in that last game against the Jets. They looked terrible. I know they're going to have, they're coming off a Thursday game, so they have a few extra days to prepare, but the Saints are just rolling right now, and mm-hmm. I, I like them to go on the road and win in Buffalo. Now, remember, it's probably if it's 22 here. By the time That's you get exactly to where I was going because uh, the Saints are a different team when they don't play at the, the Superdome. Water there, so you can either get the blizzard or you can get that Calcutta 40 Clippers. Denny's Cal- Calcutta yeah, Clippers yeah, swings down, in there. swings up. <laughs> in there. That's the Newfoundland uh, funnel that comes down in there. <laughs> I'll take the Bills and the points. I think my Bills will rebound after that Thursday night debacle against the Jets, who also they're your Bills because you went out there and got hammered. That's <laughs> right. So they're my Bills. Plus, you know what? Their defense isn't bad. Their defense is actually very good. Um, th- I don't think they win, but I think they cover. I'll take the Bills and the points. I'll take the Saints. I guess I'll go with the Saints. I I don't know. I think they got a dummy for a coach, and uh, not uh, not. I don't know. They're the Bills, aren't they? They're yes, the Bills. they are. But then again, the Saints. Yeah, every time things are really going good, you wonder. You know. Yeah. Uh, all right, Atlanta is a three-point favorite at Dallas. Obviously, these even they were that was before this, the Zeke. No, they were pointing that point spread up before <coughs> thinking Zeke wasn't going to play. Otherwise, oh, Dallas okay. would be favored, don't you think? But at Atlanta, though, 
Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we better make that higher, right? Yeah, I think, what, what is it, three and a half, you three, say? Yeah, it's three. Uh, we'll make that uh, five. Uh, five and a half. Uh, Atlanta, five and a half over Dallas. I think with Zeke being out, this could potentially be a really, really bad game for the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Almost as bad as they looked when they played Denver, and that was with Zeke. Yeah. Um, I like Atlanta to win at home big over the Cowboys. I think in they, this one. yeah, I, I, I think Atlanta covers yeah, too. This is the last gas for them. They got to cover, right? Yep. Okay, let's go. Uh, we don't have that much time left for this wonderful contest. <laughs> Vikings, one point favorite at Redskins. In Woo! other words, a pick em. A pick em game. Uh, this is a tough game for the Vikings, tough environment. I'll take Washington to win the game, actually. I think the purple with the week off and uh, Washington got beat up a little bit, even though they did win in, in Seattle. I think the Vikings win this game and cover. I like Washington to win the game, even with their injuries, because I think the Vikings want to lose the game so that uh, I think Zimmer's doing everything he can to make sure they lose the game so he can put Teddy in next week. That is a piping hot sports That's a piping hot Judd-like conspiracy. Yes, it really is. (laughs) It's a Judd-like conspiracy. By the way, go Montreal Canadiens. Tonight against the Wild, we'd hate to see Judd's mood really change. Right? We don't want Judd's mood to improve. He's ready to kill himself because a hockey team has lost one of 82 games. All right. Uh, beer show, beer show on the way.